That was Ela Bamba, uh, who's playing August 27th at the Botanical Gardens. And this is the Big Ten on Radio Boise, KRBX 89.9 uh, Caldwell FM, Caldwell, Boise. Uh, and I'm Luke Fowler, uh, hosting today with my colleague Jen Schneider, both of the School of Public Service from Boise State. And we have a special guest with us today, uh, Brooke Burton, who is a local artist, um, here to talk to us about uh, several things today, correct? Yeah, we have a full show. I'm excited because, as you know, if you regularly listen to the show, we normally do politics policy a little bit of culture and then once every few months we are lucky enough to have Brooke Burton here who arts us up a little bit yeah I was surprised that you invited me back for a full session oh you didn't know like you're on contract now you come every you come every quarter um so Brooke Burton you're a local artist you're an amazing photographer we're going to talk a little bit about some recent pieces that you have showing you're also um you write content for the blog creators makers doers which is the blog of the arts and history department that's right the Boise Department of Arts and History. Awesome. And we're going to, so I think we're going to start off talking a little bit about that. So if you've heard Brooke on the show before, we have talked about creators, makers, doers, and Google that if you want to find that. It's one of my favorite blogs because you're an amazing interviewer, you're a great writer, and also... Brooke, you go into artists' studios, into their creative spaces, and you take pictures of where they make their art. Yes, we do. And uh, I love those images. So, I mean, one of the limitations of radio as a medium is you can't see stuff. So make sure you go to Creators, Makers, Doers and see some of of, uh, Brooke's photography. Is that a limitation of the radio, Jim, (laughs) that you can't see things? I mean, I'm doing some deep thoughts today. Actually, I'm sitting here looking at this room, and I'm thinking, we need to document this. We need to document... Uh, Boise Radio. I think what she's saying is that we need a live webcam in here, Jan. Yeah. Actually, that is not what I was saying. (laughs) I think some staged photographs. We're going to talk about control later. I think that's great. Well, so the block has had um, sort of an exciting, I don't know, what changed in the last few months where you're doing these Facebook Live videos. That's right. Tell us about that. So the... Boise City Arts and History Department, as you've talked about the blog, they are turning the spotlight back on the people in the community. They're taking some of their resources and their funding to turn that spotlight away from them and back right to the people that are making things in the community. And at the beginning of this year, they said, how can we um, broaden that scope? And so they invited artists who they have interviewed on the blog to come and do a live interview. And this is what I love about the people in the department who I work with, I am not part of the department, I'm independent, is that they are totally willing to push the envelope and try new things like Facebook live stream. So if people are on Facebook, they can go to the Arts and History Department Facebook page. And again, you're not speaking on behalf of the city, we know that. But they could go and they can see the videos are all cataloged there. And so what do they see when they see one of these video? It's you and another artist. Right. We are hosting it at the James Castle House. And so you can go in person or it's just it's so funny because it's like TV again back when you had to show up at the right time to see it live. It is still there, so you can go on the uh, Art Department Facebook page and pull up the past videos, but it's kind of cool because if you're watching it live and you have questions or comments, you can type those in and we will address those live. Like somebody is bringing you up the questions. Yeah. 
And you ask the artists them in real time. We do. And um, we will call out your name if you want to, and you get it on the video that then goes on to live forever on the interwebs. I'm sure young people listening are like, yes, Jen, there is this thing called video. Right. It's that's called Facebook Live. Facebook Live And stream. I'm like, what? That's why, to me, it's totally new, and I would not have tried that on my own. That's So they come on, and this is what's happening right now, is that I am sitting in this seat being interviewed by you, feeling the absolute sheer terror of what <laughs> I've been putting people through for the last eight months. Well, so maybe talk a little bit to us about what that was like to go from, I mean, I, I had a blog a long time ago, and the nice thing about that is you can be super deliberate, super thoughtful, change things, edit things as you go, make it look exactly as you want. You can even and, go back a week later and, it, and yes. realize that uh, you've made a typo and you can fix You have total that. control, mm -hmm. essentially. But now you're in this medium that's live, it's totally visual, it's in the moment, you don't know what your interviewees are going to say. You can't curate what they're going to say. So what's that been like for you as somebody who produces this kind of content? Well, this is what has been sad for me to learn again, because I've learned this multiple times, which is I'm kind of a control freak. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so rather than leave things up to chance, I will do a pre-interview and I will find out um, where the threads are that lead somewhere interesting and where the threads are that lead to something that ties the person's work to something personal because that's really for me what draws me into artwork is when I can relate it to something I've gone through and so this is what I figured out though my pre-interviews take away some of the spontaneity so I've just decided that I've got to mix it up and when you say they take away the spontaneity, I mean, we, we feel this sometimes, right? We talk about things before the show, mm -hmm. and then it feels strange to talk about them again during the show. Is That's that what, what you I'm realizing. Yeah. Yes, I'm watching that. Because I, this is the thing. When you're in your seat, you get to sit back, and you listen to me, and you get to, like, relax while they're figuring out what they want to say. But what happens while I watch them is I see they're not saying the same thing they did when we sat down and had that conversation one week ago. They're not as passionate about it. They're not as curious about it. They're repeating something. And so it's not alive anymore. It's mm -hmm. like it's, yeah. So you can change the way you do I'm things? I'm trying to change the way things, uh, the way it happens, trying to allow for more um, opportunities for surprises and for discovery. That's the other thing. Because when I sit down and have a long conversation, people talk. And because, well, here's the thing, because we're one-on-one, -on -one, they're not afraid to follow a thread, even though it may not go somewhere, and they will discover things along the way. But if they're being recorded or in front of people, you're not as interested in discovery. So as I'm saying this, I'm realizing I need a little bit of both of those things. Mm -hmm. I mean, is the fear, if like you don't have it scripted in advance, is the fear they could say something off the wall and you you won't know how to respond? Or? No, because that's the best part. I, is when they I don't, say something so off the wall. So one of my favorite things is our very first interview we did with another wonderful artist, James Talbot, who has done an incredible body of work documenting peace, people in the city of Boise. And... Uh, Part of what happened during that interview was I asked him a question and he misunderstood it and he answered in a different way and it was interesting. It's so and fun and awkward. Fun and awkward. <laughs> yeah. And we need more of that. Yeah. 
Okay. So you might have to get out of your comfort zone a little bit in order to get some of that spontaneity. Totally. Yeah. Um, You mentioned when we were talking earlier that you've learned some things about art through the process. Well, I've learned about the. So what is awesome is talking to other artists or people in your field is you can get inspired and you can learn the things that they've learned. And I've written a couple of them down, which is, uh, and this can be applied to any career or path that you're working on. And that is do the work that's in front of you. Um, I get caught up looking ahead and I worry about how to get to point X when really what's right in front of me is the easiest thing for me to do and the simplest, but because it seems so small, I avoid it. So that's one of the things is put your head down and do the work and don't overthink it. But but what will I do with all my procrastination energy if I, if exactly. I follow that advice? Exactly. <laughs> Another thing yeah. is to say yes to things that terrify you, mm-hmm. which I believe you mentioned that in regards to doing this radio show when you started it. Mm-hmm. You said yes when you were thinking. Mm-hmm. I think it scares all of us a little bit. We were talking about this yesterday to do this show from week to week, and we're always flying a little bit by the seat of our pants, but that's also what makes it great. Uh, yeah, I think we were all terrified when it started, but like the longer we do it, it becomes a little less terrifying, and it becomes a little easier. But yeah, I think we were all in that same position when we started. Luke, what's something else that terrifies you? Uh... I don't know. Uh, that's a that's completely random question. I, I have not thought about that. <laughs> house <enough>. renovation. <laughs> yeah, that's not really. Uh, it terrifies me because I'm exhausted. But that's about it. Me and my wife bought a house and we're trying to renovate it, uh, and that is terrifying. <laughs> so, both of you right now are going through renovations. Yes. Then. Yeah. And you still showed up and yes. you're not crying because <laughs> yes, I have no. Kitchen. You have no kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to talk to you more about a particular interview that you did recently with the Boise Valley people and about your experience of walking into an interview not knowing quite what to expect. That's an exciting story. Uh, So those of you who are listening, stay tuned. We will be right back. You're listening to The Big Tent. Did you miss your favorite Radio Boise show? No worries. Check out RadioFreeAmerica.com to stream any Radio Boise program anytime. We're back on the Big Ten on Radio Boise here uh, talking to uh, Brooke Burton, who's a local artist and uh, does a lot of work talking to different artists and people around the uh, the Treasure Valley and all this. And so you recently did some work with the indigenous people of Boise Valley, correct? Uh, yeah, the city of Boise, as you know, uh, renamed Quarry View Park to... I, Eagle Rock Eagle Park. Rock Park, thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, and now what we used to call Castle Rock is Chief Eagle Eye Reserve, Rock. yeah, and reserve, mm-hmm. and they chose that some of these people who are putting together the return of the Boise Valley people gathering to be featured on the blog, and so for me, we were just talking about what terrifies you and um, what I've learned from other artists, which is to say yes to things that terrify you. And doing that interview for me was out of my circle. I tend to interview a lot of people who are painters and uh, sculptors and ceramic artists and so I said well, I yes probably a lot of white folks too to be quite honest right folks who um, are creating yes. in Boise yeah definitely so this was a totally new experience for one thing I traveled to Fort Hall which is over past Twin Falls and you know I have a box that we go I'm going back to how we like to um, prepare and control and keep things the way we expect them to be and I generally interview one or two people at a time. And so there were two particular women 
who have put in a lot of effort towards the renaming of the park. And one of their other goals is to um, follow through with getting a cultural center to tell the history of their people. And the thing about these women is that I wanted to interview just the two women. I wanted to find out some of their personal history and what makes them tick and the way they set up the interview was with a panel of people. So you and had this nice controlled setting in mind and of then course. you show up and how many people are we talking? There were like five and it was, um, some of them were relatives because a lot of people that were working together were related to their mother or um, a cousin. And so this is this was hard. I recorded this panel, but this was not the interview. We said we're, we'll, they wanted us to speak with the panel. And then after that, I was going to have the interview. And so luckily we did have it recorded and there was, the, there was all the stories there that I wanted to hear about um, grandmothers coming, um, how difficult it was for them to come back to the Boise Valley after they had been told by their grandparents how they had been removed and walked to Fort Hall and um, reasons why they were doing what they were doing. And then, so now you know, I click off my recorder and I say, let's go start the interview. <laughs> and I do, I force my situation, which is let me interview two one-on-one and the dynamic totally changed. Because you ha you weren't really like computing that, oh my gosh, I've been having the interview. Like this was happening. I was thinking it a little bit as that, but you know, I'm not really fast to change directions. Yeah, totally. I was yeah. thinking this is it right here. I was also worried about the big table and whether the recording was able to pick up all the voices, which it was. So the thing is that um, the way they are identifying is as a group, it's a group effort. And so my mentality is single out people and the work they're doing and they want to be portrayed as a group. And so that's something I've learned. It's just about how to follow the lead of where people are comfortable and how they are comfortable sharing their stories. And I mean, it's different in some other ways too. I mean, the uh, it's not like maybe some of your other blog posts look, looking at this particular blog post about the Boise Valley people in that you still took pictures of their space, but it's not like it's their studio space necessarily. Right. And so it, it was more cultural than just artistic, I guess, if we're going right. to slice it. It'd a be like, way. like I talked about coming down and photographing Radio Boise. It's a totally different scenario. And less visual mm -hmm. and I got you know I I got asked multiple times because I'm kind of in this office and I'm taking photos here and there and I'm standing out a little I got asked multiple times if I needed help finding someone like like what are you doing here are you lost <laughs> <laughs> right right and you know what I learned that I there were two interviews I also came and interviewed a, a second panel of people and there was so much history there that I did not learn in school and I am an Idaho native and so I really see the need for that cultural center and here's what is interesting their history is oral and it is passed down in groups like that where you are hearing the story from your elders and what I think would be really awesome is to have a storyteller that goes to schools and tells those stories to the you know it's what is it fourth grade that's Idaho history because while maybe some of that was presented to me in different ways, 
it didn't stick with me. But when I was looking somebody in the eyes and um, examining the emotion on their face, now I remember those stories. And if you want to read about it, you can Google that one as well. The Return of the Boise Valley people and some other stories there. Have there been other moments of sort of a surprise or <laughs> we've been talking about terror and fear and mm-hmm. bo- both Luke and I locked up like, oh, when are we scared? Um, like moments where you've been interviewing somebody and they're not responding the way you think they're going to or you're in an unusual environment like the one you just described. Right. So that one in particular did have a moment of it was very interesting because uh, the three tribes that I spoke with, people representing those were Shoshone, Paiute, and Bannock, which a fact um, that I did not learn is that when those people were um, distributed, basically, two different reservations, I think there's five reservations, they were not split up according to their people, their group. They were just divided, and so people from one tribe went and went with the Bannock. Different Paiutes were split from their family and went to a different tribe because the people who divided them didn't care who went where. So one of the things in this, so here was an awkward moment. When you're talking to these groups of people and there's these treaties that were not ratified and it's about signatures and I come in with my form asking them, my consent form, asking eight people to please sign away the story you're about to tell me. I almost feel like I want to cry right now. It was very painful to ask that. And it ended up that um, in this certain situation, we did change how the consent was and um, did not, the city chose to not ask for sole ownership of that story. So that made it a little better. Oh, that's great to hear that, yeah. But can you imagine how I felt? I mean, I do I do qualitative research at, at Boise State and encounter this issue a lot, right? For a lot of reasons, ethical, legal, historical reasons, we ask people to sign these forms. And yet in certain relationships, in certain environments, it feels extractive, maybe even exploitative. And so it's that's a really hard thing to negotiate. Right. So the, the, the consent form was not signed on that day. But there was an interesting thing about the recorder, which they said, one of the things you're not supposed to do in that culture is to record your elders telling the story. It's supposed to be oral. oral. Mm-hmm. And I did have the recorder malfunction and we went for about 10 minutes and someone shared wonderful, interesting things. And I realized watching it that the recorder didn't have a certain flip switch on. And I had to ask all the people to start over, and it was horrible. Man, yeah, that's every researcher's nightmare right there. It was. And in this particular situation that I had felt a lot of pressure about anyway, I was like, yep, this is my life. That is very typical. Well, thank you so much for being vulnerable enough to share that story. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk with you, Brooke, about some of the art that you've been producing uh, outside the blog. You have a a show that's uh, opening, and um, we will come back to that in just a moment. Stay tuned to The Big Tent here on Radio Boise. Hi, this is Joey Burns of the group Calexico, and you're listening to KRBX 89.9 FM. Caldwell in Boise, Idaho.
Thanks for listening. Oh, we're back on the uh, Big Tent, Radio Boise, 89.9 FM, Caldwell, Boise. Uh, and so uh, we're here talking to uh, Brooke Burton, um, a local artist in town. And Brooke, you have a, a local showing of your art in a, a gallery, correct? I do. This is another one of these big checklist items that I was terrified to commit to that I decided to go for. Uh, there is a, we talked about the new gallery, Boise. Uh, Capital Contemporary Gallery. This is owned and operated by Randy Van Dyke, who is an awesome artist himself, and he's getting a Mayor's Award in the Arts for his contributions to the arts community, so that's really exciting. So uh, this is still a pretty new gallery in Boise. Right. It's only... So here's here's a little story. It is eight months old, and this month is my month to do an exhibition, and did I start in it working on the work in January like I should have? No, I started back in June and tried to cram eight months of work into three months. How'd that go? It was really <laughs> sad. I missed out on 4th of July. I worked all day on the 4th of July where, while everyone else had fun. I have uh, several colleagues who that's their strategy at work in general. <laughs> like, yeah, that's how they do research and stuff. When are you going to do your conference paper? On the plane, on the way to the conference. Yeah, when are you going to write your syllabus? <laughs> well, classes start next week. I'll do it next week. I think I'm in the process of accepting that that is my process. I think I've always thought I was like a recovering procrastinator, which I'm not. I'm just a procrastinator. So it's time to just own that. But yes, you can go down to the gallery. You can see uh, the work that I am very excited to present. I'm really happy with how it turned out. And I was sharing about what I do, which is I do still life work. I rearrange objects and I make them look really beautiful, and they look kind of. Some I think they kind of look sexy sometimes. I think are they're we, kind of dark. Are they a little dark? Yeah, like not dark in terms of color, but right. there's something a little ominous to your work that's right. like very exciting. I think. Ooh, good. So if somebody hasn't seen your work, Brooke, could you? I know this is probably brutal to ask an artist to do, but again, radio. So um, do you have a piece in mind that you might be able to sort of describe for oh, people? I could, and this is not brutal. This is perfect question to ask a visual artist. Um, I've been rearranging salt shakers for the last five years. <laughs> Basically, I've been taking photograph. Well, started up at the Atlanta School, which if you have not heard of that, it's a very cool place where you can take workshops during the summer. You, this year they did um, how to make a leather wallet. You could do jewelry, uh, metal arts. And then this year they also had a painter. Art camp for grownups. Art camp for grownups. By the way, it is super super fun we came up with um kind of the schedule for the atlanta school which is when it is nice and cool you work when it is hot you river and when it is dark you eat <laughs> sounds perfect yeah sounds like yeah. a good day <laughs> yeah exactly Just go soak in the river in the afternoon then come back once the sun's gone down and eat but i started some still life work up there and because I was terrified the first time I went up because it was a new situation and I was afraid the kids at camp wouldn't like me. Um, as I was arranging these objects, I noticed I was always putting a pitcher, like a pouring pitcher in the back, segregated. And it took me a while to realize, like, it was like, that's me. I was like, I'm afraid to be, I'm, I'm identifying as being on the outside looking in and being afraid to join. So over the course of the next three or four years, I was like, oh my gosh, this is all that I've been doing. I, I'm actually telling stories about people around me and my life through how I arrange objects. Well, 
the work that you can see at the gallery is very narrow now. It's concentrated just on salt and pepper shakers, whereas before I had a lot of different variety. And it's very limited to these pink blocks with a blue background. And you can see the traffic box like just got completed with some of that work on it. If you're getting on the connector from downtown Boise, this is no one looks left. I figured this out. My traffic book box is on the left from the uh, Mr. Car Wash, mm-hmm. Mr. Shine or whatever it's called. Because you're looking at getting on the connector or the traffic is one way right there. So you only look right. So now people have a reason to look left. So try looking to the left and you can see it there. Well, so that that raises a question for me, because when I think about the work you were producing maybe last year or a few years ago with these still lifes and all of the objects, like there's the pitchers, there's the salt and pepper shakers, and they're usually kind of vintagey or antique looking. Right, objects. and they're in a, in a setting that's sort of they're moody and dark. Yes, maybe, and maybe that's why I'm mm-hmm. using the word ominous. There's like sort of a roughness to it and then a refinement to some of the pieces, but they're deeply emotional. So it's so interesting to hear you talk about, like for you, there's some sort of emotional or positional expression happening with how you place those. Right, and so then the, the struggle was, do I just, now that I know I'm doing that, do I do that with purpose or do I try to pretend it's not there? Well, now I'm just trying to, well, sometimes I drink tequila before I make work so that I can <laughs> detach the intuition from the conscious mind. <laughs> this sounds horrible. Like because you don't want to overthink it. Right. That's the other thing I'm learning from all these interviewing artists is the more I try to control the outcome or overthink it, the worse the art is. So what's the move towards the more pared down um, sort of settings that you're using now? Do you? Oh, think? I think that's all about me trying to control it. So I don't know. It's probably horrible. No, but. it's not. Well, there we go. Well, you go okay. see this horrible art show, everybody. I, isn't that? Wow. I am the, such a, a great um, person to promote my own artwork. <laughs> you're going to see it in I am just going, a couple hours. Going tonight. I'm really We're going excited. tonight. But this is what is funny is I just was describing that process to a friend Hi, April, if you're listening. And she said, well, that have you heard of family constellation therapy? It's kind of an, uh, I don't know that it's that popular right now, but it was started in Germany by a particular art, uh, psychologist. And they basically ask a patient to use people as stand-ins for people in their family. Like, this is my dad. And you place all these people in a room. So you'd enter a room with like four people that, who you don't know who you don't know and you say okay this is my mother and you put them here and this is my father you put them there you, this is my brother and you depending on if they're sitting standing which direction they're facing then the psychologist will analyze that and tell you what your problem is oh that gives me chills and so i was like great that's what i've been doing with salt shaker oh my gosh it was like almost embarrassing like i've just been doing this therapy on myself over and over and over again and so then, of course, the first question my husband asks when he sees my new work is, am I the salt or am I the pepper? <laughs> and I, I said, what do you mean? Uh, neither. Neither. Or all all of them. <laughs> Mom and dad, if you're listening, you would just be in a straight line and we'd all be hugging. Exactly. Be Everything would be fine. But this is what I'm realizing about art is everyone will go to an image and they will here they've heard maybe what i've said that that's kind of about people it's not about salt and pepper and then they will interpret it like oh this is this is the mom this is the dad or this is the husband or 
this is a happy story, this is a sad story. What I want you to notice is that whatever you're interpreting in it, it's just a reflection of where you're at. Well, on that so, note, listen, if you want to go do some uh, some uh, self-introspection, uh, go down to Capital Contemporary Gallery. Yep. Seabrook Show. It's on for the, the rest of this month? Yes, it is. Excellent. And if people want to find you online, where can they do that? Hi. Oh, uh, brookburton.net. Brookburton.net. The new net. work is not on there. You have to see it in person. There's no place to see it except in person. The exclusive announcement right here. Um, well, thanks so much, Brooke, for coming in. We're going to drag you in in a few months again and have you talk to us about what's new in the world of art. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks to you all for listening to The Big Tent here on Radio Boise. We will uh, talk to you next week.